0: Welcome to the home of the blessed people, and here is our host pastor, Pastor Dio Adeamo. You are welcome to tonight's Bible study, and um, we're going to continue our series on who am I? Who am I? Who am I? Praise God. Just to recapitulate on the things we have learned so far, On this subject, last week we were answering or we came to the conclusion of uh, the question we've been trying to answer for the past two previous weeks, which is, uh, are you spiritual or are you soulish? Uh, Praise God. We came to the conclusion of that last week. Heavenly Father, once again, we thank you tonight. Uh, We surrender and we submit. We humble ourselves before you and we receive your engrafted word, which is able to save our souls. Teach us your word tonight. Let it minister life to us and let our lives never remain the same. In this season that you are challenging us to grow, help us, O oh Lord. We humble ourselves. We don't know it all. And we are trusting you to teach us more, that we become more the person that you have designed us to be even before the foundation of the world. Help us to grow according to pattern, grow according to plan, grow according to your predeterminate counsel, and let us come out being the better after this in Jesus' mighty name. And the people of God said, Amen. Now, you remember the story I told from the very beginning in Genesis 20, Genesis 1.26 when God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness and let him have dominion. And afterwards in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, man, God breathed into man. And the breath, the spirit of life came into a body, into a body formed. Praise God. But you see, between here and here, this was the process that happened. First of all, man's spirit was birthed. And man's spirit, in con- combination with the body, the product became Man became a living soul. That's how uh, the soul was birthed. Or the living being or living soul, as it's put, is birthed. Praise God. All right? So it's the result of the Spirit of God coming to the body. And man became a living soul. Praise God. Amen. And that in itself is a miracle. And you see... Uh, uh, the, the miracle of the union of the highest form of man to the lowest form of man is the living soul. Praise God. After this miracle happened, we remember what happened. Satan came. And what he did simply He attacked this portion, cut off, influenced or attacked the soul of man, and eventually man got away from this alignment. And he wasn't in alignment with God no more. As a result of that, this took place, man was alienated from the Spirit of God, man was alienated from communication with God, and that took place for several centuries, decades, centuries rather, till Jesus came and restored this relationship. Praise God. And what happened? Man's spirit was restored. He could be in communication with God again. And eventually, the soul... I mean, Satan was pushed away from the soul. Of course, if man is walking upright was pushed away from the soul, did not have any more influence, no more influence over the soul of man. As long as we see us again, that could happen. And that is when it doesn't receive from the Spirit of God again. That is when we say a man has become soulish, soulish. Amen. Praise God. We learned that uh, it's a triune God that created a triune man. The triune God, uh, God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, created a triune man. A man is a spirit, has a soul, and lives in a body. Praise God. Uh, we learned quite a few things, functions of the spirit in relation to the soul and body. Uh, please, can we adjust the air conditioners? And It's supposed to be at 70. Thank you. Praise God. He's at 66 somewhere, it's supposed to be 70. Uh, Praise God. The spirit is God conscious, the soul is self conscious, and the body is mind conscious. The main primary activity, we learned last week, the main primary activity of the spirit is to be in union with God. That is the only part of man that can only be directly in union with God, the spirit of man. Praise God. In 1 Corinthians 6, 17, the word of God says that he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit so union communion with god the highest form takes place in that department of man the spirit of man praise god and i want to quickly establish here that the highest place or the highest form we can keep that union is in worship that is why we don't joke with worship that's why worship is part and parcel of our being or our activity as new creations in Christ Jesus. We must give ourselves to worship. Praise God. The more we do that, the more in union we are with the Father. Praise God. Um, then coming to the human soul, we talked about the will, intellect, or the mind, and the emotion. We helped us to see last week about the human soul that all the language of the human soul is, I want. That is in the will department, I want. In the intellectual department, I think. In the the emotional department, I feel. It's all about the soul, I, I, I. In our body, it's our contact with the physical world. Praise God. God's order is this. These are things we established in the last two weeks. This is God's order. God will communicate with your spirit. God will direct your spirit. Your spirit will direct your soul. Your soul will direct your body. That is the order of God. That's the way you function. Praise God. That's the way God created you to function in this part of eternity. We looked at some corresponding actions or the corresponding um, responses from all departments of, I mean, our spirit, soul, and body. We looked at our responses. We said, for worship, worship is a thing of the spirit. They that must worship God must do so in spirit and in truth. We said what was the corresponding action for the soul. We said it is what? Praise, praise, praise. The soul praises. Hallelujah. The spirit worships. And the body, the body kind of expresses it. Either by bowing, praise God, by kneeling. Sometimes by clapping, praise God. It gives action to it. Also, last week we looked at Revelation. Revelation is a thing of a spirit, but in the soul, it can be known as study, theology. In the body, it's perception. Again, we looked at another one, joy, joy in the spirit. Joy is a thing of a spirit. You don't need circumstance, situations to respond spiritually. Hallelujah. It's a thing of the spirit. And on the soul it is what what is the soul soul is response for joy happiness happiness praise god happiness happiness and what is the body expression for this pleasure pleasure god bless you pleasure amen like i said earlier when soul becomes rebellious which can happen, that is when a man becomes soulish. And we said something about soulish nature. It presents substitutes for the real thing. It substitutes for the real thing. For example, in the area of the soulish nature, when it comes to worship, and that happens a lot, unfortunately, these days, when it comes to worship, worship. Is uh, When it comes to worship, worship is a God thing. Worship is giving yourself away. It's not about you. It's about him. But that has lately been changing. When it comes to worship, what is the substitute? Like I said, the soul, the soulish realm tries to substitute the real thing. When it comes to worship, what is it being substituted by today? Entertainment. God bless you. Entertainment. Discernment. When you should, when you should discern things, try and see in the realm of a spirit, what is going on? No. The soul likes to Criticize. Criticize. In the spirit, conviction, but in the soul, it's quitting, it's guilt, sorry. Compassion is a thing of the spirit, because compassion can tell you, get up. Compassion can do a lot for us, instruct us, but in the soulish realm, it is pity, it is sympathy. Come and sit with me. Feel what I feel. Praise God, and so on and so forth. We went through all that last week. Amen. Uh, Quickly, because in the view of the time we have, let's go to what we want to do. But let me quickly wrap up the things that can help us. I'll share with you three basic things that can help us. Uh, How to be spiritual and not soulish. You know, we talked about being soulish Let us talk about how to be spiritual and not to be soulish. Three things I will tell you, uh, admonish you, challenge you to do in being spiritual and not being soulish. Number one, make Jesus the head in every area of your life. Who should be the head? Jesus. Hearing from above alone. Hearing from where? Above alone. Let the spirit always rule. Let the spirit always be in charge. It's not about me. It's not what I feel. It's not what I want. It's not what I think. It's all about the spirit of God. Jesus to be heard in every area of your life. He will always take the initiative. You don't bother. Let him take the initiative. Nothing of my own to be seen. Initiate nothing, let him do all the initiatives. Let him be the one inspiring, praise God. And you will see you'll be in exactly the place he wants you to be spiritual. Number two, live by God's word. Don't live by any other thing men say, philosophy of men, ideas of men. Just live by the word. And the word alone. Don't add, don't subtract. Let the word be the umpire. Let the word rule. Let the word reign in your life. You can't be on the word and go wrong. If you haven't found the word, take a pause. The Bible says, by the mouth of two or three witnesses, the truth is always established. Go for the word. Matthew 4 4 says, Man shall not live by bread alone. Or by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Let the word of God rule. By letting the word of God rule, you'll keep on being spiritual. Praise God. Praise God. In other words, don't trust your feelings, ideas, or wishes. Let your trust be in the word of God. Don't trust in self. Let God's word be the final authority over your life. you learn it. You learn to practice it. I'm not saying overnight you become it, but learn it. Learn it. Let the word of God always rule. Ask yourself time after time, this thing I'm doing, is it supported by the word of God? And the word of God, is the word of God really the umpire here? Or it just what I think or what I feel? Praise God. Number three. And the last one I'll be sharing is about humility. Cultivate humility. Cultivate it. Nobody was born with humility. You cultivate it. You learn it. Praise God. When in doubt, always serve. Serve. Galatians 5.13. Put it on the screen. Let us read that. Galatians 5.13. When in doubt, oh, I don't really know what... Serve. Praise God. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not your liberty for an occasion for the flesh, but by love serve one another. By love, do what? Serve one another. Always serve each other. By love serve one another. In order the realm to look at it is from 1 Peter 5:5. It's still in service. He said we should put on. Humility. We should put it on. First Peter. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves to the elder. Yea, now it's not only the younger submitting to the elder. All right, and those of us in authority should know that it's not only the younger submitting to the older. The older too. Should submit to the younger. Because he you said we should submit to one another. Is that also? Yea, all of you be subject one to another. And be ye clothed with humility. That's the point I'm making. Everyone be clothed with humility. For God resisted the proud and giveth grace to the humble. To be spiritual, ladies and gentlemen, you must keep yourself humble. Amen. Praise God. You see, if we go to the Greek subjugent here, you find out when he was talking about being submit, submissive to one another, the Greek word really used there is the word attributed to slaves. You see in the bible days when this was written, slaves had uniform. They had like an apron on. Once you see a slave, you know this one is there to serve. That's what the scripture is saying, put on that humility, ready to serve, ready to serve one another, ready to serve your generation, put on, praise God. Humility is a decision, not only you can, I mean, uh, uh, it's you, it's you that you, you are going to make yourself humble, nobody's going to do that for you, it's a personal decision. That I choose humility. Praise God. Don't say, God, humble me. That's a very dangerous prayer. I've taught you several times. You say, humble he himself said, humble yourself. You got to do it yourself. Don't say, My friend, help me. You humble yourself. Praise God. Hallelujah. And God will help us all in Jesus' name. Amen. So, today, I want to quickly go to today's study. Why do we need a body? This is part one. Why do I need a body? You know, we've done some exegesis on the spirit, on the soul. Now, let's talk about the body. Why do we need a body? Why can't we just be a spirit and a soul and forget the body? Why? Psalm 139, verses 13 to 16. Let's quickly read that. Psalm 139, 13 to 16. This is the psalmist talking to the Lord. For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. Actually, before his mother's womb, he had been covered, but let's go on. That's not where we're going. Verse 14. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. Verse 15, and then 16. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret, and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. 16 my substance underline that word my substance in verse 15. I think I should just go deeper in that one. Verse 16, Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, and in thy book all my members were written. Do you know God has a book for everyone? In my book, all my parts were written, which in continuance were fashioned when as yet there was none of them. Wow, that's deep. I hope you know and you are aware that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Praise God. God took out time to form you. Praise God. Now, many believers in the 21st century are not conscious of this sometimes. We are not aware that we are the handiwork of God. This body, this body, the body, your earthly suit that you are putting on now, I'm not talking of your clothes, your suit, your earthly suit, your body, was fearfully and wonderfully made by God. Praise God. I hope you know that your body is a masterpiece. Hallelujah. I'm glad somebody responded good to that. Amen. You're a masterpiece. The minerals that formed you. The substance. You see, he referred to the substance in verse 15 and 16 that formed you. The Bible says they were a long time carefully chosen from the depth of the earth. Every part of you. The pigmentation of your skin. Every part of you, the tone of your skin, every part of you, every part of your body, the, no, the shape of your nose was carefully custom made. I wonder why some people still want to go for plastic surgery. Praise God. They didn't know that, hey, wait a minute, this thing, you were fearfully and wonderfully made. Praise God. Amen. And I'm going to encourage you to begin to take good care of your body even while I was going over this message I said to myself I think I need to also repent I need to make my body right hallelujah to take care of it more amen praise God so like I said earlier there's a book God has a book I will go into that but why why let me go into answering the question why 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 do I need a body simply because God wants a temple to dwell in. Why do you need a body? God needs what? A temple to dwell in. And he does not dwell in temples made with human hands. He has designed his own temple. And that's the human body. Now, you mean this, my body, is a place crafted that God wants to live in? Yes. That is why you have a body. He wants to live inside that body. Your spirit, yes. Your soul, yes. But God too wants to live in your body. That's why the Bible says he purchased you with a price. The value of something is the price it was bought for. Now, the precious blood of Jesus paid for your body. That's why he said that body is not yours. It's not yours that body is not yours you are purchased with a price it's not yours he said is the temple of the Holy Ghost is no longer yours praise God let's begin to go precept upon precept so I don't jump my notes he has designed his own temple and that is the human body. He said he's not, going to be, he's, you are not, he's not going to dwell in temple made with hands anymore. He's going to dwell in human body. Let's see some scriptures. Exodus 29, 45. Please uh, mark these scriptures very well. Be like the, the brilliant Christian. And those of us online, be like brilliant Christians. Go and read this scripture again and again. Let it sink inside of you. Sincerely, when you grasp the revelation of what I'm teaching you today, you will never permit sickness in your body anymore, because it's the temple of the Holy Ghost. Amen. There are a lot of things you begin to do your body, to your body. You begin to respect it more. You begin to value it more. Praise God. That's from today. Amen. Exodus twenty nine forty five. You see, this has always revealed the mind of God. He said, and I will dwell among the children of Israel, and I will be their God. He's saying again and again, you see, the, the pattern of God, you will notice something. God has always wanted to dwell with man. He had always wanted to be with man. The Bible says in Psalm 8, verse 8, "He said, what is man that thou art mindful of him? What is man that you so much respect him, you so much, you, you carefully and wonderfully crafted him out. Oh, who is this species you care so much about? Praise God. Leviticus 26, 11 and 12. Let us see it again in the Old Testament. You see, from the Old Testament, God has always desired, he wants to dwell with man, dwell amongst them. Be their God, they be his people, live amongst them. Praise God. Leviticus 26, 11 and 12. If you got it, say, I got it. Praise God. Verse 11, and I will set my tabernacle amongst you, and my soul shall not harbor you. And I will walk among you, and I will be your God, and you shall be My people, praise God. Let's go to the very end. We started in the beginning of books. Let's go to the very end. Revelations 21. Let's see it at the end of the old age. Whether God's mind has changed concerning this. Revelations 21 verses 2 and 3. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Okay. And I John saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. Yes. And I heard the great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And the God Himself shall be with them, and be their God. You see, he had always wanted to dwell amongst men. Always wanted to be amongst men. That has been his desire. This is at the end of the whole purpose. Many people think, many Christians even think this, that heaven is the ultimate aim of God. No. It's heaven on earth. Praise God. It's bringing heaven on earth. That's the ultimate Praise God! He always has wanted to dwell. The Bible says, "The heavens of heavens He has created for Himself, but the earth for the sons of men." That's the desire of God. He has never desired that. Oh, uh, come and live with me up there. Mm-mm. You live where I've created for you. I will come and dwell with you. That's been the desire of God. Praise God. Acts seven forty-eight. Acts seven forty-eight. This was when Stephen, when Stephen was revealing the ultimate plan of God. In Acts chapter 7, when he started with the history of humanity to the point of when he was, he was right now and he was crucified. That was in Acts 7. See, how be it the most high dwelleth not in temples made with hands, as he said the prophets. He doesn't dwell in temples. Made with us. He has chosen not to do that again. So where does he dwell? Where does he want to dwell? First Peter two five. That's where I'm going. First Peter two five. Where does he want to dwell? Because we can see the nature of the temple. He just says he's dwelling in temple. Dwelling. Where is the nature? How can we know the temple? Praise God. <laughs> Because there was a time, if you remember, he dwelt in the temple of Solomon. I'm coming there. Let me read this scripture before I get there. Ye also, now he's talking to us now, believers, New Testament Christians. He said, ye also, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus christ ye also ye are lively stones you are like stones each one of us we are like stones built up into a spiritual house now that means you are a brick i'm a brick he's a brick she's a brick we are all being built up into what into a spiritual house now that's the temple of god that is talking about so all of us together in union where that temple is talking about. Now, that is one expression of the temple. That is when we are together. Malay, it's called. You see, when Solomon was building the temple, every brick in that, that was the most, uh, how do I want to describe it? The most expensive, elaborate, what other word can I use? Ex- grandeur. Building you can never think of. If that same building was to be built into this economy, is billions of dollars. Not only that, even it can be built because the skill, the technology needed for that kind of building, it can't be no more. Do you know God himself, the special crafty, I mean, the special craftsmen that people like you read, God had to impart special gifts into them they became people who were not ordinary anymore just to just to be able to craft the design of god praise god the cedar in lebanon oh it's too much and even that building didn't last that much so he has chosen i'm not going to dwell in buildings forget about buildings now that's not to say you don't build buildings for god that's not what i'm saying amen praise god but the desire of God is to dwell in two kinds of buildings, which I'm going to show you soon. Amen? The first one I'm showing you is when we all are, have come to be a spiritual house. That is like when we are gathered now. We are in unity, in harmony. That's where he wants to dwell. That's where he wants to stay. That's the atmosphere he wants to express himself. He, if animals gather, it is not going to be there if any other thing gathers he will not be there but when his children gather in worship to him he's there that's why the bible has said wherever two or three are gathered where is god he's there he wants to dwell there that's his dwelling that's his place that's the place he wants to be being built up into a dwelling for the most part. praise god now was an investment in those days, Solomon's temple, but he's investing in something greater than Solomon's temple today. Ever since Jesus Christ came and purchased this body with the precious blood, that's the greatest investment. Now, now listen as I roll this in. I'll, I'm trying to see how I can... Okay, I said is the most precious. Okay, let's let's take it this way. Who can tell me the value of a human soul? The value huh? The life of Jesus. Somebody said the life of Jesus. Hmm. Technically, technically, yeah. But that's not the answer I'm really looking for. In today's value, if you want to value a human being, in today's value, according to the scripture, what is the value of a human being? Hmm? The whole world, God bless you. All the oil in Saudi Arabia, all the gold, in Ghana, all the diamond in Congo, everywhere, the wealth of the whole world, the sea in Bahamas, if you put everything on one end of the scale, and you put a human soul on the other end of the scale, which one is more valuable? the human soul. That's why the Bible says something about the whole world. What is it about the whole world? Huh? If you gain all the world and you lose your soul, what value? What value? So the the value of a human soul is priceless is everything this world has is not even enough to purchase a human soul praise the lord my question to you today is i wonder if you appreciate your value praise the lord the wealth of this world cannot outweigh the wealth of a soul So when we are talking of this God's temple, Apostle Paul explained it in two ways. And I believe when we are done with these two ways, we've done justice for today because it's still deeper. We just want to understand and appreciate the mind of God for the body first. Then before we begin to talk about where does God dwell in the body? If we have this body, where does God live in my body if he chooses to live there? So we see this in 1 Corinthians that Apostle Paul presented the temple God wants to live in two dimensions. The first one is the collective temple. Collective temple. That is when we all gather together, children of God, we come, like he says, we are in the book of Peter, that we are lively stones that are built to a spiritual house. Praise God. So there is the collective temple that is all believers. We are the temple of God. Then, number two, the individual temple. Each believer, each one of us is a temple of God. So, I'll take that again. Collectively, we are a temple. Individually, we are a temple. Praise God. In 1 Corinthians three sixteen to 17, let's quickly see that. Because every time... Apostle Paul uses this word. He says, do you not know? Many many times when I read that, do you not know? It's true, many people don't know it. Do you not know? Know ye not? Ye are the temple of a living God. Many people are not living in the consciousness of it, that they are the temple of God. So look at it again. He says, know ye not that ye are the temple of God? And that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. Verse 17. Verse 17. If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. Underline that. That's very dangerous. For the temple of God is holy. Which temple ye are? The temple of God is what? It's holy. That's why you yourself must not defile the temple. Your body is no longer yours. You've just been informed. You should not do things to that body that defiles it. Praise God. Including premarital sex. You defile that body when you do that. There are a lot of other things you do to it, including abuse of alcohol. Anyway, I'm not going into that today. Let's, let's get the purpose in. Hallelujah. God will destroy anyone that destroys the temple. This, There are two things that I believe. I want to encourage you in this journey. Uh, that you should not allow yourself to do. The first one is that don't be part or don't ever participate. Ask God to help you, that you will never be part of an individual or a group of people who will ever destroy a church or be a problem in a church. Amen? Because that's the body, that's the temple of God. Don't ever participate or be part of those who do such. That's the first thing. That's for a church. Then, secondly, for a family. Any family that is instituted of God, don't be, don't be in any shape or form. You know that scripture that says, what God has joined together, let no man put asunder. Many people are putting us under. Don't ever be bad. Praise God. And the Lord will help us. Let's quickly begin to bring it to. So, uh, the first one I've talked about is, uh, because the temple of God, as you can see, like we read, is tremendously precious to God. Don't speak against the temple of God. Don't, speak, don't, come again, don't be an instrument against the temple of God. It, that's why it's wrong to speak unadvisedly against any church. It's the temple of God. It's the temple of God. Praise God. Jesus died for everyone in that pill, in that place. Praise God, and he himself said it. That's why we should take it seriously. If we want God to answer our blessings then we must. He said we avenge every disobedience when your own obedience is complete. So don't Okay, let's quickly go on 1 Corinthians 6 because we have talked about the temple collectively. Now let's talk about the temple individually. Because those are two temples That's the temple God is describing he wants to dwell in. The one that is collective, that is all believers, then the one that is individual, that is you as an individual. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 talks about the individual temple. God wants to live in each and every one of us, in our body. He wants to live there. I will still, next week I'm going to talk about which part of your body he lives in. But let's first establish that he wants to live in your body. What? What? Know you not that the body is the temple that your body, everybody say my body, is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you. It's the temple of the Holy Ghost. And that Holy Ghost is where? Is in me which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. You are not your own. Praise God. That's why he said, what? Because people are not conscious. He asked, what? What? People are not conscious. That's why, did, what? No, you're not. People are not conscious of it you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. You are the temple of God. God lives, lives on the inside of you. He dwells in your body. Hallelujah. That is why next week we're we'll going to that. You'll get more revelation why you should not permit sickness. I'm not saying sickness might not come and knock on your door or wants to live there or wants to beg for, you know, just a year temporary leave to stay with you. He's got no other candidate in town and he feels that your body is the best place he can lodge. Now you have the offer of first refusal, if you will. Praise God. And these are, these are the things you, you, you stand on. The Bible says, Let God be true and let every one be a liar. For ye are bought with a precious price. That's the proof. You are bought, paid in full. Not on credit card, not on loan, not on down payment. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit. You, can you see it's dividing the two? There are two different aspects. Glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Both your body and your spirit is God's. Glorify God in it. Sickness will not glorify God in your body. Praise God. That's why you stand against it. Amen. Are you learning something today? Praise God. Why do you need your body again? Why do you need a body? God needs a temple to live in. You had been in His plan a long time ago, He only just gradually revealed it. You had been there when He created you, when He took you. When he took the substances that made your body, the Bible says he formed you, he formed, he formed. When he was doing that, he had you in mind a long time ago. That these are the things, this is the place I'll be dwelling, this is the place I'll be living. When you came, when you popped out of your mother's womb, you never knew God's plan was there. I'm going to live in your body. Praise God. I'm going to live in that body. My body is your sanctuary. My body is your sanctuary, precious as a gold. So I might be bold to say, my body is your sanctuary. It's a long song. I used to sing it, it? as I've forgotten the words. Praise God but i was born to be god's dwelling place a home for the presence of my lord so let my life now be separated unto you that i may be what i was born to be emmanuel Emmanuel, yes, Lord, Emmanuel, Emmanuel, Immanuel. you are God. Praise God. May we continue to be God's dwelling place. This makes a tremendous difference how you treat your body and the body of Christ. You know that sometimes, something is, or rather, not sometimes, always, what something is worth, it's presented by the value. What people are willing to pay for something is what it's worth. God paid with the precious blood of Jesus. Your life must be full of value. Praise God. This week. Spend time to think on what God paid for you. The value of your life. You are bought with a price. Praise God. It wasn't a loan, you were bought with a price. Praise God. Your spirit, soul, and body has been redeemed. The end is resurrection. At the resurrection, which is where everything will be turned back the first phase of your redemption is god living in that body but on the resurrection day because it's because he lived inside that he will be resurrected on the resurrection resurrection day do you understand you know when the rapture takes place those who are dead in christ the bible says they will first rise and that body is not going to be the same physiological body, but it's going to be what a, a a redeemed I mean a raptured body a what I call a resurrected body praise God so this is the the first resurrection praise God and uh, we can go on and on praise God it's just glorious amen and i'm I'm trusting God that with this that you have received today you 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 will you will take more care of your body. Amen? Because God is God's dwelling place. Amen? Tell somebody I love my body. Not because of any other thing, but because God chose to dwell in it, and it has been paid for in full. Glory be to God. Come on, let's appreciate Jesus tonight. Amen. Amen. So next week, by the grace of God, I'm going to continue with where he chooses to dwell in our body. Very interesting. Amen. Praise God. So that you thoroughly understand who you are. Amen. You know that you are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. And your body, because when Jesus paid, he paid for it in full. All right? Your spirit, your soul, and body. Your spirit was Resurrected, your spirit was reborn. Praise God. Your soul being renewed and your body is to dwell. It's a dwelling place. Praise God. Tell somebody I'm a very interesting person and I'm discovering myself. Praise God. Thank you for listening. We hope you have been blessed by the word today. Please join our services live every Sunday, 9 a.m. and 1045 a.m. And Bible study every Friday, 7 p.m. at 95 Church Street, St. Catharines. We hope you have a wonderful week ahead and God bless you.